0: You're listening to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe, the European Association for Solar Power. Join us as we shine a light on the latest developments in the solar sector. Hello and welcome to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe. I'm your host, Lucas Clark Memmler, and in our new series, 100% Renewable Europe, I will talk with key figures representing different sectors of the energy transition about what is needed to reach a 100% renewables-based energy system in Europe before 2050. In this episode, I'm very excited to have the chance to speak with Claude Turmes, Luxembourg's Minister for Energy and Spatial Planning. How are you this afternoon, Minister?
1: I'm great. We have shiny weather in Luxembourg, so our... Solar PV is running well these days.
0: Lovely. Yes, it's also a nice day in Brussels. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and about your responsibilities as the Minister for Energy and Spatial Planning?
1: So myself, I have been active on climate and renewables, energy policies since the late 80s, first as a Friends of the Earth Luxembourg and the Friends of the Earth Europe campaigner. And then in 1999, I was elected to the European Parliament, where I served as a Green Party's spokesperson for energy for almost 20 years, and I had the chance to be a rapporteur on the Renewable Energy Directive of 2009 to bring forward uh, near zero energy houses on efficiency and also to be a key figure in the negotiations of the latest package where I was in charge of the governance regulation, which is basically the uh, legislation which forces each and every member state. To have very detailed plans on energy efficiency, renewables, transport. So so basically everything we need to get to a climate friendly policy. And now, uh, since uh, one and a half year, I'm a minister for energy and spatial planning in Luxembourg. So I have uh, the big task to, to bring a country, which is today very CO2 intensive to a low CO2 incentive country, especially by promoting energy efficiency, but also wind energy, solar energy and What is is fun is also to be in charge of spatial planning because spatial planning is about foresight. It is about creating infrastructure and we are just launching an international competition on on basically Luxembourg in transition. So bridging from a high CO2 intensive country to a zero CO2 country in, in only 30 years. And it's really great to have these two responsibilities.
0: Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have your hands full. Can you tell us a little bit more about Luxembourg's energy and climate plan? Uh, I know that the government has adopted uh, very ambitious targets in this regard, uh, including up to a 55% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions by 2030, but I'm wondering what the country is doing now and perhaps what you're doing now in order to achieve these goals.
1: It was very important for us in this exercise of the energy and and climate plan to bring Luxembourg to the ambition which we need also from from a climate science perspective. Luxembourg had a 40% reduction target for 2030 that was clearly not Paris compatible. We have moved that to 55%. How do we achieve it? So it's about energy efficiency, energy efficiency, energy efficiency, and then it's about uh, renewables and renewables. So on energy efficiency, three priorities, housing. Uh, We have already the strictest uh, norms for new buildings in Europe for the housing sector, and we will now bridge this over to the office buildings. And you can imagine in a major service economy with a lot of banking, office spaces are quite an important part of our CO2 footprint and we will of course try to improve renewables and we are launching in these days a major program to replace oil heaters by heat pumps driven with uh, renewable energy. So it's everything around buildings, bringing buildings mm-hmm. to, to go green, then it's about transportation. So we are investing like nobody else I think per capita in the world into our public transport infrastructure. We are promoting bike lanes and biking, and we want to be with Netherlands and Norway and maybe Portugal in the forefront of electromobility. So we have now, we are rolling out a very dense fast charging infrastructure, and we are subsidizing also the charge at home and charge at work. And then on renewables, so we will multiply our, our PV by 10, and we have quite an impressive also wind energy rollout But Luxembourg is a very dense country, so our renewable target of 25% in in 2030, we will do part of that in Luxembourg, and for the rest, we will search for cooperation with uh, countries on solar energy and also probably on offshore wind energy.
0: Excellent. So I'd like to talk a little bit about our 100% renewable study. First off, from your perspective, is a 100% renewable energy system in Europe possible?
1: Yes, it's possible. And what is amazing during this uh, COVID crisis is that we see that 50, 60, 70% of renewable variable energies like sun and wind in the electricity system happened and happened without any negative consequences. So the grid, also the fact that we are in an IT-based world now. So it's much easier to integrate renewables today in a world where we have a lot of computers, supercomputers, a lot of data management, so it's much easier to integrate solar and wind into our grids than that was the case maybe 15 or 20 years ago. So there's nothing which hinders us, so technology is there, the costs have come down, the only thing which is hindering us is the lobby of the old world, be it oil, be it coal, be it gas beat nuclear. So I think that's the only thing which slows down unnecessary the, the, the fast move into a 100 percent renewable the world.
0: Definitely. And you've already touched on this in your, in your previous response, but I thought we might be able to dig a little bit deeper into the COVID crisis and perhaps talk about how we can ensure a green recovery and how renewables can be part of these recovery plans. So
1: we had Fridays for Future. We had very alarming mm-hmm. reports from climate science. And we have very bad and alarming negative climate events, from floods to forest fires in Australia and, and so on and so on. So we may need to make sure that with see COVID recovery plans, we are bringing economic and social relief to those who have suffered during the COVID lockdowns. but we must also tackle the climate crisis. and so we must make sure that the national state aid and also the hopefully big enough EU recovery fund Will target above all promotion of renewable energy, promotion of grids, and promotion of energy efficiency. And in energy efficiency, of course, not only renovation, but also e- electromobility for cars, for vans. So e commerce is after COVID even more established than before. So which means we will have more last mile delivery. So, so which means also we have to move faster than we thought to replace diesel vents by vents which are driven by green electromobility.
0: So we had many questions from attendees of our webinar on the 100% Renewable Study, and I'm wondering if you'd be open to answering one of these questions from the audience. With pleasure. Okay, that's great. So I think this one is perhaps quite appropriate for you and your role as minister. So the question was, why are renewables considered to be the most cost-effective way to become climate neutral?
1: Because through the I would say very courageous policy we have done over the last ten years, especially in Europe, and I'm really proud that I was the rapporteur for the Renewable Energy Directive of two thousand and nine, the EU legislation for renewables in two thousand and nine has forced each and every Member State, even the most reluctant like UK, Poland to France to, to invest heavily into renewables. That created a large enough market in Europe, to bring the costs down together with the Chinese efforts on PV and wind onshore and wind offshore is it is a European success story. It's our engineers, it's our financiers, it's the citizens who have and the the project developers who invest into onshore and offshore wind, who move not only a technology in Europe but uh, worldwide. And, and so the prices have come down. And then on the other side, so renewables. You put a wind turbine, it has almost no negative environmental impact, and after 10, 15 or 20 or 25 years, you take it off and you replace it by, by maybe a more modern one. The same is true for, for PV. Look, coal is very polluting during its lifetime, and even afterwards, you spend millions, if not billions, to clear up the, the mess which you have created by coal mining with open mines or, or, or mines under the earth. And what is even worse is nuclear. I think just the, the sheer fact that producing an energy for 40 years creates a waste problem for 200,000 years or more shows the craziness of that technology. And that is in the case when you have no major accident like in Fukushima or, or Chernobyl. So renewables is the cheapest because it doesn't create externalities and because through our efforts in Europe, we have been able to reduce the cost. And the beauty is solar energy, which has, it, it came out in European labs, then the Chinese helped us to get into mass production. Now we are at the cost level where we have no excuse anymore to bring solar in each and every remote village in Africa, in Asia, in South America. So it's not only... And that solar helps us for winning the race against climate. It also helps us to win the race against uh, poverty. And I think, isn't that beautiful? And therefore, I'm really a big supporter of solar energy, because solar is the future, because it will help humanity to survive.
0: Well, thank you for that. And I think you've actually already answered uh, my next question, but uh, we'll, we'll still, I'll still ask it anyway. Are you hopeful in general about Europe's energy future?
1: If you want to move the world, you have to be hopeful. So my experience is those people who stand up, those people who are committed. And what I loved about and still love about Fridays for Future, it is not only that we have that these young women and men were in the streets, but I'm pretty sure that we have now, we have a completely different mindset for a whole generation. These people who were on the Friday, for future, basically, uh, events also want to do something which is meaningful in life. So that's exactly the people we need in solar energy, in electromobility companies, in wind energy companies, in those companies who will renovate buildings, who will, in the research labs, will, will create new innovation. So I'm hopeful because also we have now millions of young people who will be even more committed than my generation to move the world into a climate-friendly world.
0: Absolutely. And I imagine that it must be very interesting and hopeful for you that, you know, throughout your career, you've, you've started with these ideas that perhaps seemed a lot more radical and now have really made it to the mainstream of all, you know, publications and discussions. So that, that, that must in itself feel quite rewarding.
1: It is. And basically, my message to the young people is what is important in life is passion, uh, passion for something which moves basically the world in a positive way beyond your own ego. And that's something which I had the chance to do and still allowed to do. So it's fascinating.
0: (laughs) Yes. And all of us in the renewables sector are very grateful for your important work throughout your career in in progressing the, the place of renewables in Europe. So I'd like to thank you for that.
1: Thanks for the flowers. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I think this is a great place to end. I appreciate your time. And this has been a great conversation for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well.
1: I hope so. Enjoy.
0: Okay. Thank you very much and, and have a good afternoon. Thank you. For Europe to become the world's first climate neutral continent, we must act boldly and act now. Solar Power Europe study shows that a 100% renewable energy system is entirely possible from a technical perspective and is also the safest and most affordable option to help fight climate change. Read the full report and find out more about Europe's future energy system at solarpowereurope.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, shine on.